Alright, welcome back to High Hope Sportscast. Uh, I'm DJ, and joining me as always is my buddy JJ. How's it going, man? Hey, hey, Mr. DJ. What's up, dude? How we doing? Not much. Just, uh, I ended the, the long week of work and, uh, ready for the weekend. I'm ready for some sports starting tomorrow and Sunday. And Monday and Tuesday, we got NFL games four days straight. It's like a NFL fan's dream come true. Hey, it's Christmas for the, the, the football uh, fans out there. It, it is uh, going to be Christmas next week, so it's a little early Christmas gift. <laughs> Thanks, Roger Goodell. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so speaking of the rescheduled games, um, man, the NFL is taking a big hit with this COVID, uh, right now. They, I don't even know what the, the total number is anymore. Um, especially with the, uh, for example, the Browns, um, Baker Mayfield has COVID, uh, his backup, Case Keenum has COVID, and their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, they all tested positive for COVID. Um, before it was uh, rescheduled, uh, there was still a chance to fancy to coach, and uh, I heard that uh, Baker needed two negative tests before Saturday in order to, to play. And then uh, if it was, you know, if it wasn't rescheduled, I think uh, Keenum, he probably wouldn't have been able to um, make it in time, but if Baker couldn't go, then uh, Nick Mullins, the former 49ers backup, uh, would have got the start on Saturday. But you know, since they rescheduled that game, I think uh, I think Baker will will uh, be able to go, and uh, Stefanski will be on the sideline. I think. Oh uh, yeah, DJ. I, I... <laughs> We kind of touched on this, you and I did, briefly a couple days ago through text text messaging. About 36 was the magic number that they announced on Tuesday or Wednesday. And it's sure, I don't have an official number as of today. I'll have to check with Schefter on Twitter, or you could probably check and see if we, I'll retweet something or find out what's going on officially. But there was some angst with Baker Mayfield made us think about trying to play a game with no quarterback. So I don't know if the league succumbed to his angst or if it was just trying to be fair, but he start moving the schedule around be, to help teams get players back. Does that seem fair to you, DJ? Uh, I, I was trying to think about that uh, earlier, and it's, I mean, it, it's, COVID's just weird. Uh, it, it's just been weird in the NFL ever since COVID came out. And, um, I don't really know what to think about it. it it's, you just look at it both ways. Um, it's, it, on one side, it's not fair. Um, but on the other, it is fair because all the restrictions with COVID and then, you know, the players aren't able to play. Um, there's certain, I've heard of certain players, uh, I don't know by name, but I've heard um, some players, they test positive and they they feel fine. They don't even, 
they don't even feel like they have COVID. They they literally could play. So, um, you know, even if they feel fine and they test positive, they they can't play. So, like I said, it you, you could look at it both ways. It's kind of a, a weird deal, but uh, that's the life we live in now. So I guess uh, it's going to be the new norm until maybe one day this will all go away, but uh, I don't see that happening. So I think this is going to be the new norm. Yeah, I agree, DJ. And also there was the winter meetings this month, this past week, and they they are trying to change up the COVID um, rules and regulations around COVID. So I know the NFL doesn't want to cancel games. But another question I had for you real quick on this COVID stuff, are the fans still being going to be allowed to be coming to games or are we, are, we haven't crossed that bridge yet? Uh, I haven't heard. Um, I don't know if they put that, uh, those stipulations out there or not. Uh, but if they did, I haven't seen or heard any news on the fan situation about attending games or, um, I would assume it uh if they can uh they'll probably maybe be limited to how many people that can be there and they'll probably have to be masks so who knows i i mean i i haven't seen anything yet so i guess we'll just have to stay tuned as well and report what we find out in the next coming weeks yeah everything's changing so fast and yeah. so often with all this it's hard to yeah. keep up with all the stuff so I know, it's just like a nightmare. Yeah. All right, and we, we covered this next thing in the last episode. Um, I, I was pretty frustrated. Um, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and I, 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 th- I think I, I told you this um, the other day in, in a text. I, I honestly think it's kind of weird that after our last episode came out, uh then this happened. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars finally fired Urban Meyer. Oh, he had a long, he had a long night on Wednesday night as oh. he was fired at midnight on Thursday morning. It's about damn time. <laughs> uh, his, to say the least, his career in the NFL is, it, it's shot. Uh, no one else is going to want to want him after all this crap and if anyone does they'd be making a huge mistake because i he the vibe i get from him he it doesn't seem like he would change the way he is he he he's got that stubborn vibe where he's gonna do stuff his way or it it i mean that that's it it's gonna be his way so um i think he's done um, I hope he doesn't even get a college job again. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't deserve to be a coach even in high school with, with, uh, what he's done. Um, another note, uh, coordinator, uh, Daryl Bevel will fill in as interim, uh, head coach for the Jaguars. Um, and another incident, um, about his antics came out. Um, involving kicker Josh Lambeau. And this is back from August. So I believe that was training camp, I believe. Yep. Um, 
I'll just, I, I got this thing from Facebook. I got, uh, saved on my phone here. So I'll, I'll, I'll read a little bit on that. Um, Lambo said, um, he was in a lunge position, uh, left leg forward, right leg back. Uh, Urban Meyer, Lambo said, Urban Meyer, while I'm in that stretch position, uh, comes up to me and says, Hey, dipshit, make your fucking kicks and kicks me in the leg. And, uh, he said, it certainly wasn't as hard as he could have done it, but it certainly wasn't a love tap. Uh, truthfully, I'd register it as a five out of ten, which in the workplace, I don't care if it's football or not. The boss can't strike an employee. And for a second, I couldn't believe it actually happened. And he said, don't you ever fucking kick me again. And Urban Meyer's response was, I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever the fuck I want. That, Jeez. Oh, my God. I don't Doesn't know why this just is just coming out off? now. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I, I mean, can tell you're just you're fed up with Urban Meyer, dude. Yeah, I'm glad he's gone finally. And I, like I said, I don't know why this is coming out just now. Why? Why didn't Lambo tell someone about this earlier? Well, I, D- DJ, my opinion right now is number one, you nailed it the day before it happened. You called for it. Yeah. And it was it wasn't ironic. It was just that tr- you were speaking a hundred percent truth, and it, it was pissing you off. And they did at midnight the next night. He was probably up in the club celebrating yeah. that he is no longer coaching the Jaguars. But you know who I really feel bad for is Trevor Lawrence. He was the number one overall pick and was supposedly the best quarterback that I've seen in a long time coming out of Clemson. And they kind of poo-pooed his his first year, and they hurt. They, they took a essential part of James Robinson out of the the backfield, the running back, making fun of him. And like you said, the, the other show is they were making fun of coaches and players, and now it's physical abuse. Yeah, I don't. That, uh... Well, well, I want to know what it was like at Ohio State. When he was a head coach there, if he if he did this to million dollar players, what was he doing to college kids that were on scholarship? Right, you never know. There, there could be hundreds of Issues. cases where yeah. he he was doing this kind of stuff that went unsaid, you know, where players just dealt with it, and I I don't know it. I mean, I'm glad that Lambo came out and and uh spoke on this but it, it happened in august why why is it coming out now in december like well it, the he, thing is i another thing i want to mention is that we in this new 2022 era 2021 they've labeled this thing as cancel culture but it's a bad term to me because if somebody's wrong Shouldn't they admit they're wrong and ask for forgiveness? There's no such thing as that anymore. It's just cancel them, wipe them out, they're done, and it's over. In some instances, that's what has to be done. Yeah, and now, I mean, now the Jaguars uh, can put this joke for a coach behind them and get back to playing football the right way and uh, try to right the ship for next year since their season is 
is basically done. Uh, I believe they've already been eliminated from the playoffs already, but uh, they didn't, you know, they didn't start planning for next year and uh, um, make the most out of what season they have left. Um, so they don't, have, I feel like a lot of relief is off of Jacksonville's shoulders with, Say with DJ. firing. How much do you want to bet that they, the Jaguars, I have them winning this weekend, and Vegas has them favored by three over Houston. How much do you want to bet they win this weekend? I almost, I yeah, uh, I I think they will. I mean, uh, I think, um, you know, a lot of these players were fed up with Urban Meyer, and like I said before, I think um, they just, a lot of the players probably didn't try very hard for a coach that treats them that way. Um, so I feel like they're they're gonna come out with energy and uh, you know more relaxed since they don't have to worry about this crap anymore. Um, yeah, I do. I yeah, I'll, I'll take the Jags over the the Texans. Yeah, the battle the two and eleven teams. <laughs> well, putting it that way, yeah, I, I'm gonna <laughs> go with the Jags too because I just it's like the boogeyman's been taken out of the room. People relax and and they'll play football without having to be scared. And I, that's what an yeah. abuser does is put fear in people. Yeah, and uh, I hope I, I another reason I hope they win is you know they win and it's kind of like f you, Urban. Here, look, we we got to win without you. We don't need you. Exactly. Zona Rams game. Uh, that DeAndre Hopkins came off the field uh, a little rough. Um, he will now miss the rest of the regular season. Uh, that's a huge loss for the Cardinals. Um, and you know, that, that's one of Kyler's, uh, favorite targets there. So I think AJ Green and, uh, Christian Kirk, at least those two are going to have to step it up big time if they're going to keep that passing game dangerous, uh, without D Hop. Uh, we talked many times about Hopkins and how he's a game changer. I'm trying to think of the name of the receiver they drafted out of Purdue, but he's going to have to step up in the absence. Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, and the Purdue re- rookie receiver, Rondale Moore, I believe his name is. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a good player, too. I, I really like that guy. Yeah, he's so... F- uh, shifty and, and his side to side movements are unbelievable. Plus, he's the putt returner. So, yeah, yeah. we're going to miss seeing D Hop connection with uh, Kyler. And it just seems like things are getting worse and worse for Arizona. Yeah, I mean, hopefully the rest of the Cardinals can stay healthy and then uh, D Hop comes back in the playoffs and just blows it up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, then, uh, another thing the NFL just announced the other day, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders stadium will be the venue for the Super Bowl in 2024. Um, that stadium sure is sweet. Um, it, it, when was it built? I think last year was the Raiders first year in it. I think it was Uh, completed in 2021 and started last year officially. Yeah. So it's only, I don't know maybe a couple of years old, if that. Um, 
JJ, can you imagine how the atmosphere is going to be with having the Super Bowl in Viva Las Vegas? I think all the activities, including the game, will be all-time records. They they nicknamed that state Allegiant Stadium the Death Star really? after Star Wars, you know, the Death Star. Oh yeah. And then uh, they got the Olympic torch in honor of one of the old Al Davis in the end zone that lights before every game. There was a special on on YouTube about it. If you if you just search Allegiant Las Vegas Raiders Stadium, you could find it pretty easy. It's really interesting what they all got going on there. But I'd back to the Super Bowl news. That's good for them. Right. Yeah. That's. Uh, I mean, Las Vegas is already a, a pretty popular city, you know, with the gambling and stuff. And uh, I don't know if the NFL is going to do this, but I think it'd be pretty cool, you know, how they have. Uh, you know, Super Bowl week, they have all the shows where they're, you know, in this, you know, in the city and, you know, um, surrounding areas of the, uh, the stadium. I think it'd be cool to have the, you know, the, um, Super Bowl week shows on the Las Vegas Strip. Wow, that would be cool. (laughs) (laughs) If the announcers. If the Vikings go to that Super Bowl, DJ, we take High Hope Sportcast down to Vegas, dude. Wouldn't that be a blast? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think we can afford that, so uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe we can ask our, uh, the little bit of listeners that we have right now to, to donate some money and uh, get us there. Um, maybe even if the Vikings don't go there, maybe we could go down there and do a live show or something. God, that'd be cool as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Wishful thinking and, and high hopes. Yeah, exactly. High hopes. That's, that's what we do here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, speaking of the Super Bowl, uh, you, you can't not think of Tom Brady when, when that gets brought up. Um, Tom Brady is launching a clothing line called Brady. On January 12th, uh, he wants it to be the Jordan brand of the NFL. Uh, I don't really know how to feel about it. I mean, I'm sure it'll sell good because, you know, it's Tom Brady. Uh, but I, me personally, I won't be buying any of it. Um, I don't know about you, but, um, and I guess we'll see if it, uh, takes off in the NFL like he, he wants, uh, it to be as the Jordan of the NFL, as he says. So, did they talk about any marketing or where they want what stores they want to sell it out of? No, I just uh, I, I saw it on social media. They didn't really go into detail about it. Um, just that he had said that he wants it to be Jordan, the Jordan brand of the NFL. So, um, I guess we'll. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear about it in uh, the coming weeks uh, leading up to the launch on January 12th. So <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be all over the place. Yeah, I'm interested to see what kind of, you know, his wife is a girl from the, um, what's the name, Victoria's Secret? Yeah, she's so a model, I'm, just Giselle. Giselle Brady, whatever her last name is. Um. 
that she's going to have, if she has her finger on this thing with Tom, I, I, I just for shits and giggles, I want to see what it looks like. I'm not saying I'm going to buy anything. I'd rather buy some more jerseys like we've ta- you and I have talked about recently. I want to get the uh, Pitts jersey from Atlanta number eight in the all-black uni. So I'm, that's what I'm hoping to get with my Christmas money this year. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm curious to see what it's going to look like, too. Um, but like you said, I, I would rather, you know, go buy new new jerseys um, other than that. Um, the one that I have my eye on is I want a Kyler Murray jersey. So, oh, sweet. Yeah. What, you said black, didn't you, when we talked about it? Yeah, black with the, the red numbers, I believe. Yeah, those are pretty nice jerseys. And uh, I know a couple of weeks ago, uh, I said, uh, well, we both kind of picked uh, Jonathan Taylor to win the MVP. Um, but I have officially changed my mind. Um, I know it's kind of going to be a crazy one, but um, how can you ignore Cooper Cup with the crazy numbers he's been putting up this year? Um, and I'm pretty sure he, he's on track to have a triple crown with uh, – um, I believe touchdowns, yards, and receptions. I believe. Yeah, he's on the on pace for all three. Yeah. So how can I mean? How can you not ignore him as an MVP candidate? Um, just some uh, fantasy stats. Um, I wanted to go over the numbers through the weeks. Um, so starting with week one, he had twenty three, uh, thirty six, thirty. 11, 16, 34, 37, 24, 20, 23, 18, 26, and 31 this last week. That's some... Jeez. Oh, my God. 30-point fantasy weeks, ladies and gentlemen. That is not an easy task to do. That's at minimum probably 180 yards receiving and two touchdowns. That's the minimum for a receiver. So and his I've, feet that he's pulled. How many thirties did he have, DJ? Um, let's see here: one, two, three, four, five, five so far. Wow, that's on. That's why he's leading in the triple crown for receivers. Yeah, he. Uh, let's see here: touchdowns. He's got twelve touchdowns uh, and. Uh, 1,489 receiving yards. 1,489. So do you think yeah. Jet will come out and get 201 yards at the time against the Bears? He, he, Jet's <laughs> at 1,288. Yeah, he's I think up he's second or third place with the yardage. but I believe he's second, if I remember correctly. I can't remember if Devontae passed him or not. I know he had a good game this past weekend, too, against Rodgers throwing him two touchdown passes. Yeah. But, I mean, um, like you said, Cooper Cup, dude, originally, don't you think you in your mind you were saying Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, with all yeah. the big games he was doing? I mean, I, I obviously, or I honestly think that if he went to got hurt, Derrick Henry, and he 
was putting in the full season, I think he probably might be the front runner for the MVP right now. I just, I agree with you totally. I was just thinking in my mind, um, systematically from beginning to now, uh, beginning, I'm thinking Derrick Henry, then we, me and you both kind of agreed that JT earned his right to be in the MVP candidate talk. And now you're bringing to the front of the line in the aforementioning Cooper Cup with five 30 plus point fantasy weeks and a triple crown candidate to win all the receiver categories. I don't think that's ever really been done. And I don't, if memory checks me certain or right, I don't think we've ever had an MVP from a wide receiver, have we? No, that was the next thing I was going to say. It, I, you know, I would love to see Cooper Cup be the first wide receiver ever to get the MVP award. Um, do I think it's realistically going to happen? No, because uh, I'm sure it's going to be the normal Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure it's going to be one of those two. That's what was, I was going to mention to you is, you know, Tom Brady had his 700th NFL passing touchdown last week. Yeah, I mean. Um, it was an overtime winner to Perryman. I mean, it was uh, uh, it was uh, just an ideal Tom Brady touchdown pass. He led the guy and let him run with the ball for a touchdown. He's been doing that for how many years? <laughs> right. Um, but I mean, to think of MVP, MVP award, um, that's for, you know, the, the season alone, not, you know, a career as a whole. You know, he's going to get Hall of Famer. So that's going to, that's going to go as his career. Um, MVP is just the season. So that, that how many ever touchdowns in his career, that, that doesn't even matter for MVP. It's what he's doing this season. Um, but I still believe that realistically it it will be Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers that will be the MVP. Like, you know, it's they're always in the talk every single year. And uh I believe the only times in the last I don't know, five years that they haven't gotten it has been Patrick Mahomes. So um obviously I'm happy Mahomes got it, but I'm not really you know, I'm trying to sit with Brady and Rogers always being in the top. You know, just some love to someone else. Yeah, it's it's a sport thing though. That's why they're predominantly uh, all pro, and we vote for them for the Pro Bowl. And we realize the talent recognizes talent, as they say in the big show. So, I'd love to see. I mean, look out after last night's game, which we're going to get to here in a minute. That. Patrick Mahomes is coming into his own again. He ain't going to have 50 touchdowns this year, but he is the MVP of the Kansas City Chiefs. There's no doubt about that. Right. So, I like yeah, to he's see. The, see the face of the franchise, you know. Well, he's the $50 million man, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll we'll dive into to that game now. Um the, the Chiefs uh, playing in Los Angeles against the Chargers. Uh, they went into overtime, tied 28-28. Uh, and the, the Chiefs uh, came with the win. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, 
Uh, I believe it was uh, just a, a slant, I believe, a tight end slant, and Travis Kelsey weaved his way through traffic and into the end zone. Thirty-four twenty-eight, Chiefs go home with the dub. Um, I do want to say the first drive uh, for the Chargers that a very scary injury injury to uh, Donald Parham. Um, it to me, I don't. I, he must have landed wrong or something because no one really made contact with him and it didn't look like he landed too awkward. So it must have just been a, I don't know. It's, it's weird, but uh, it was, it was so serious that, you know, they had to take his face mask off and strap him into a stretcher and he was taken to the hospital and, uh, I have this update on him uh, from about seven hours ago. Uh, they say he's resting comfortably. He's alert and uh, will likely be discharged from the hospital later tonight. Um, he was diagnosed with a concussion, so um, it was pretty scary. I'm uh, happy he's alert and awake, and um, hopefully he recovers good and uh, gets back on the field, when, uh, obviously, when he's ready, so... Uh, yeah, it's definitely a very scary injury. Well, DJ, you know, when you're playing on uh indoor surface, you know what's underneath the, the turf is cement and foundation. What I predominantly noticed last night is the way he hit the back of his head on the turf going down, which usually uh, it was such a scary action because I don't know if he noticed his hands and arms immediately went up and curled, and that's the first sign of a head trauma injury. So, yeah, I agree with taking the face mask off and be fastened down to a board. And when he was leaving the stadium on the stretcher, you and I talked about this earlier tonight, that he didn't give a thumbs up, he didn't give a peace sign, and all I could see was his hands were curled over into balls. I was like, oh, my goodness, this does not look good. Pretty serious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, about the game, uh, it was, I believe at half, was it halftime? It was 14 13. I think that was the score at halftime. 14 10. 14 10, yeah. Uh, Chargers are um, winning. Yeah. And I think the last like 10 minutes of the game, that's when the scoring really picked up. Uh, they, they kind of just went shot for shot. Um, Herbert and, Mahomes just throwing touchdowns back and forth. Um, well, I, I got believe. the fourth quarter here, DJ. Uh, the Chiefs intercepted uh, the first interception of the game for Herbert at the seven-yard line, and it was on the two-yard line for Kansas City. Then they punted and gave the ball back, and Eckler scored on that two left-end uh, run for two yards and a touchdown. Then Mahomes got the ball back and passed that one in the end zone to Tyreek Hill, another one of your fantasy guys, for a touchdown. Then the ball went back to the Chargers, and they got a pass to Keenan Allen for eight-yard touchdown. By the way, another one of your fantasy guys. Boy, your <laughs> team sounds like it's a winner. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then Pat Mahomes to Kelsey for seven yards, touchdown. And then they punted, and it ended a half for the last two possessions. 
But you were right. Uh, the touchdown was the short middle pass to Kelsey, which was a tight end type of slant. Quick, quick in or whatever you want to call it. And he rumbled and stumbled for 34 yards and a game winning touchdown. Now Kelsey had 191 yards receiving, which is an all time tight end high in a game, I believe is what I read. Jesus. And Pat Mahomes finished the night with 410 yards and three touchdowns. And he led the team in rushing with 32 yards rushing. And Kelsey and Tyreek Hill had 26 targets combined for 339 yards of offense and three touchdowns. How valuable are those two guys on offense, DJ? Oh, man, it's... Without them, I, I don't know. It, they're definitely pretty valuable to the team. You know what? One thing I noticed is how good the defense was in the first half. This Nick Bolton, number 54 for Kansas City, is really, really starting to come out. He had 14 tackles and three pass deflections last night. Hitchens did get the interception off of Herbert. And I know Joey Bosa was the only sack of the game. Um, he got a strip sack of, of Pat Mahomes. And that, did you see that defensive end number 42 for the Chargers fall to the flats on that, uh, pass to the running back and he jumped up backwards and intercepted that ball at the goal line? Yeah. Oh my God. Wasn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that's one heck of a, a athletic play for a defensive end like that. But uh, what did you make about the fourth downs, DJ? Kansas City stopped the Chargers three out of four attempts on fourth down, which Two of them would have put points on the board if they would have chosen to kick the field goal. It could have been a whole different ball game. Yeah. Um, the the fourth downs for the Chargers, that they, they went for it. I I honestly think that um, in that instance, uh, I, I would have went for it all those times too. I think it was um, definitely appropriate time and you know, part of the field to go for it. Um, but, you know, like you said, Kansas City stopped them. Um, and another thing I wanted to add was, you know, Kansas City is my second team. Um, but I found myself last night as I was watching the game, it was hard not to root for the Chargers because, who, you know, how can you not like Justin Herbert and, Keenan Allen and his, you know, that Chargers team. It, it's, it, it was hard not to root for him. And there's times where I was like, oh wait, they're they're playing against Kansas City. I'm not supposed to be rooting for them. <laughs> <laughs> DJ, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I at the end of the night, I sent you a text and said it must be nice to have a fun second team to cheer for that wins all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean, though. I I find myself watching the Chargers and thinking, number one, how did the Vikings beat this team? And number two, these guys are fun to watch. 
Herbert, yeah, go- Her- Her- Herbert and Mahomes make their teams fun to watch. Cousins makes you want to have gray hair and a heart attack. So what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and just think, you know, they're both those quarterbacks are very fun to watch. We get to watch them for the next decade or more. Yeah. They're still two both they're both very young still and got a long uh great careers ahead of them. Well, it looks like uh Matt Stafford and Justin Herbert are going to own LA in the football realm and of course Mahomes is probably much pretty much owns the whole city of Kansas City right now. Yeah, he's big... even part owner of the the Kansas City Royals baseball team and uh, I believe he's part owner of the the soccer team if I'm not uh, mistaken. Yeah, you're right. He's put his big toe in a small pond and found some more money somewhere. I don't know. He's probably got money under his bed and in his bathroom and in the kitchen. (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to see what his bank account looks like. A lot of zeros, uh, DJ, a lot of zeros. (laughs) Probably too many zeros that that, uh, they have dot, dot, dots. Too big to fill up the phone screen. You know, I was just checking here, DJ. Uh, looks like Damian Harris is out Sunday night for the for the game against the Colts. That was breaking news on ESPN. I just pulled up the NFL page. So you heard it here first. Yeah, that's uh, that's gonna affect the Patriots' run game uh, pretty hard. That um, that's uh, you know, that that's a good transition here. Uh, we're gonna get into. Um, the only game on Saturday, uh, there was supposed to be two, but now there's one, um, that will be at, at the nighttime, uh, the Patriots and the Colts, Patriots nine and four, Colts seven and, uh, six. Um, New England has won straight, eight straight games, uh, versus Indy, including the playoffs. Um, you know, you, the Colts are usually, um, Worse, a worse team than they are this year. So, uh, I, I, I think the Colts are going to put up a fight, but in the end, uh, I, I, I got to go with the Patriots, uh, taking this. You know, I am looking at it too. Um, it, believe it or not, because I think they're at in Indy, uh, they're favored by two and a half and they're looking to, the over-under is 45 points between the two teams, so they're pretty much setting up a defensive battle. The only injury concerns, is obviously, is Damian Harris is out and Nick Folk. The kicker for New England is questionable, but I'm going to lean on the Jonathan Taylor and Carson Wentz to have big games. Not big games like, oh, my God, fantasy game, but big enough games to help their team come away with a win. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I would love to see the Colts beat the Patriots, but thinking realistically, I, I think the Patriots will come out with the win, but I do see the Colts putting up a fight. Okay. Um, and then uh, the going to the Sunday games, uh, this next game, uh, I, I definitely think uh, the Cowboys are going to beat the Giants. The Cowboys are 9-4. Uh, Giants four and nine. Dallas has won eight of the last nine games versus the Giants. Uh, 
Um, yeah, the Giants just, I don't know. Uh, do you have any updates on Daniel Jones, if he's going to start or if it's going to be Mike Glennon again? Yeah, um, we're at the Dallas Cowboys. Well, they have Mike Glennon as the starter. It, it, Dan Jones is doubtful with that neck injury still. I don't know what to how to explain his neck injury, but it doesn't sound good. And I would not put a guy with a neck injury out there against these this Micah Parsons, Randy Gregory, and Lawrence. Their defensive ends, they're just Awesome. <laughs> Excuse oh, me. Yeah. Someone out there with a neck injury like that against any uh, True. NFL defense, no matter who it is. But, uh, yeah, especially against the Cowboys defense. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that the Cowboys are just going to walk all over the Giants here. Um, so that, that's really all I have on that game. Well, the, Vegas has Dallas as a ten and a half point favorite. If that tells you anything, so yeah, I, I'm surprised it's not more than that. I am too, to be honest. But I think with the there's a suggested wind that could be 15 mile an hour from the north northwest, which could fa- affect field goal kicks left to right and uh, passes left to right, depending on which way you're going down the field. So maybe that's adding into why it's only a ten and a half point spread. That yeah, that could be. Uh, but Steelers, I'm going with I'm going to go oh. big time with the Cowboys in that game. Yeah, me too, definitely. Uh, the the Steelers and the Titans. Uh, the Titans are nine and four. Steelers six six and one. Um, I'm I gotta I gotta think that the the Titans are gonna come away with this but I do in the back of my mind I I, you know the Steelers uh they've had their nose in in some of these games where you know they you think they're gonna get walked on but um in the end they they kind of come back uh sometimes they just don't have just enough to get it done um I feel like that's gonna be another uh instance in this week um but i think the titans will take it and uh uh what's the running back's name deontay foreman i believe yep uh, yep uh i look for him to have a, another big game um he, he did pretty good last week so um yeah I, and i kind of hope that uh julio can get going uh he he did all right last week, I believe. I don't know. I don't remember what his stats were like, but. Yeah, he had like five fantasy points, so I think it was like three for 40. Oh, I thought it was, I thought he did better than that, but. <laughs> no. Um, I'm going to, they got, Vegas has got the Titans by a point and a half. I, it's a pick em game. And I, I don't know if you read the note, DJ, but. Pittsburgh has been allowing over 421 yards a game since week 11, and that's the most in the NFL. So I know they had points. That's a lot of yards. Yeah, I mean, I know they're struggling with their defense and and missing players from injury, but reading that stat, that's been forced. That'll be four straight weeks going into the 15th week of the season. So I would see 
if their defense doesn't come to play, look for Tannehill. And I watched some of the game on Red Zone last week with Deontay Foreman. He runs the ball really hard. Yeah, he does. But they are missing A.J. Brown and and their receivers that got injured. So I I don't know how much you can lean on Julio Jones at this point, but I'm still going to go with the Titans over the Steelers. Yeah, me too. Um, This next game we we covered uh, earlier, kind of, uh, the battle of the 2-11 teams, uh, the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Houston's won seven straight games versus Jacksonville. Um, I, I just, I don't see that happening this week. Um, I, this weekend, I'm definitely a big Jaguars fan, uh, after that, uh, firing of Urban Meyer, uh, about time. Uh, hats off to the Jaguars owner, uh, finally. So, uh, I hope that, uh, the, the Jaguars team comes with a lot of energy and, uh, gets a win and kind of, Shoves it in uh, Urban Meyer's face. I gotta agree with you, DJ, on everything. It just looks like Vegas is project, per, projecting a low-scoring game with the over/under being at thirty-nine and a half points. So probably about four touchdown total. Jacksonville by three. I say Jacksonville by ten. And go Jaguars. Yeah, I usually wouldn't be interested in watching a game like this, um, but after you know, the firing of their coach. I I would love to see this game if it was um the opportunity was given to me, but I don't I just don't think that will be on the national uh T V schedule. Um but yeah, I'm interested to see how that game plays out. So DJ, did you see the Jets are allowing thirty point five points per game this season, most in the NFL? Yeah, I think that was a stat in the last episode, wasn't it? It's, I don't know, whatever I got pulled up on NFL.com, they're putting a little uh, emphasis on their how bad their defense is. So, go Jags. Yep. <laughs> Duval. Duval. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the, speaking of the Jets, uh, the Jets are playing the Dolphins. Uh, New York is three and ten. Miami is six and seven. Uh, this is actually my regular pitch. I'm going with the Dolphins. And, uh, yeah, like you said, there's the note of the, the points per game, uh, from the Jets. Uh, I, I heard today that is Jalen Waddle out this week? He's got COVID. Oh, okay. Yeah, I knew I heard he was out, but I didn't know if it was an injury or if it was COVID. So that's gonna that's gonna affect the Dolphins. But uh, I mean, they're playing the Jets, so uh, I I still think the Dolphins are gonna take this with um, Waddle being out. Um, just hopefully Tua can get it done with uh, what he's got without Waddle. Yeah, like we've talked about before. Um Elijah Moore and Corey Davis are both out for the Jets. Michael Carter and Ty Johnson, the other two running backs, are both out for the Jets. That leaves Kevin Coleman. Zach Wilson starting at quarterback, the rookie from BYU. Um, you're safe if you take Miami. They got a t- they're got they 10-point favorites. 
The only guy they're missing on offense is going to be Waddle, and the over-under is a 42-point game. Uh, looks like great weather, 80 degrees and 10-mile-an-hour winds from the south, southeast. I, I got to go with the, the Dolphins. It's You can stamp a lock on there almost if you want to. Yeah, and we, we've uh, talked about this uh, a lot uh, with great minds think alike. Um, <laughs> and our lock of the week is the exact same. Uh, we have we both have our lock as the ten and three Cardinals beating the one eleven and one Lions. Um, we kind of both went uh, on the safe uh, side and with our locks this week. And that's probably probably the easiest lock of the week. Um, but it, you never know uh, if the Lions come back and beat the Cardinals. I don't even know what to think, dude. One of the best teams oh. in the league and didn't beat by one of the, well, the worst teams in the league. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, You know, only thing I want to say about this game is, number one, Arizona's 13-and-a-half-point favorites at on the road. And Detroit's down to their fifth-string running back. If you remember Shane Zilstra from New London Spicer, Minnesota, he got moved to tight end because they're out of t- uh Shane is, uh what's his brother's name, DJ? Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. Shane's played football at Mankato State, and he slotted to get his first start at tight end for the Detroit Lions this weekend, if that nice. does tell you anything. but It'll be I interesting th- to see what he can do. Yeah, I'm... I'm that's one interest I have in the game is to see how he does, but as for the rest of the offensive roster, it doesn't look good. This next game, uh, the Bills 7-6 against the 5-8 and eight Panthers. Um, you know, like I said last episode, uh, I keep wanting Cam to have a comeback game, but uh, I it just doesn't it doesn't happen. Um, so with as much as I dislike the Bills, uh, I'm gonna, maybe it'll be reverse psychology here with this and I'm gonna say the Bills are gonna beat the Panthers, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's gonna be a cold, snowy game up there in Buff, Buffalo, New York. Um. Vegas has Buffalo ten and a half point favorites. It looks like they're going to go with Cam, and the Chuba Hubert will get another chance at running back. Uh, those guys both scored last week, but they didn't have much production. And we did talk about how they brought PJ Walker in for Cam Newton and put Cam Newton back in for PJ Walker. And there's an article going around about it. I mean, they're five and eight, and still on the outside looking in. They just got to make a decision and roll with it. I don't think they can beat the Bills' defense, and I think Josh Allen has a a decent day with Stefan and Dawson Knox. Buffalo by more than ten. Yeah, all I can say is, um, even though he, I'm sure he will never hear this. Um, but Matt Rule, I have a message for you. Keep your starter in. Don't go back and forth. 
it's messing with their head. It's it has to be. Stick with one starter, keep them in. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, DJ. I hope the message gets to Matt Rule. I mean, <laughs> do you really want to mess with your offense during the game several times a game? It's like junior high coaching, my man. Especially to DJ. Especially the the biggest, most important position on the whole team, the quarterback. Like, no. If you're going to go with P.J. Walker, stick with him. If you're going to go with Cam, stick with him. I got another uh, Herm Edwards uh, quote. Uh, playoffs? You talking about playoffs? What are you talking about <laughs> playoffs for, huh, Carolina? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that back in the day. Do you remember that, DJ, of the Jets? I, I don't, but Herm Edwards is definitely a, a character. I can say that. <laughs> uh, Next game, uh, this this will be a good game, I believe. Uh, the the Bengals and the Broncos they're both seven and six. Um, I kind of hope the Broncos win, but uh, I I feel like uh, Joe Mixon and Joey Burrow are gonna uh, end up with the win at this one. Uh, Denver has won three of the last four games against Cincinnati, but. With the Bengals kind of turning their team around this year, I I just I don't see that happening this week. Oh, uh, Denver Teddy Two Gloves is he? Gonna, he's going to keep him in the game. You know that much. Yeah, well, and, he should, Matt Rule should take pointers from him. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Matt Rule. Get a <laughs> get a line to Matt Rule. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it looks like the only injury that. Both teams are looking at is Melvin Gordon for Denver Broncos, and if he don't play, they got that rookie Javante Williams, number thirty-three, that will do just a fine job. I actually I, heard that he Javante. I heard Javante. I don't know. I'm going to check right now, but I, I I thought I heard that earlier today. Is he out for COVID? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to look him up here. So yeah, what I was thinking. You know, Denver's favored by two and a half. They got a really good secondary, which would take away from Joey Burrow. The only thing is, uh, will Joe Mixon be the bruiser that he's been the last couple weeks, or is he going to be soft and take plays off and run out of bounds and not strive to be the best that he can be? I, I got to go with Denver by three in this game. Hoo-hoo. Uh, yeah, I, it looks like he's not, uh, out, but it does say he's questionable with the knee, and he did uh, return to practice today, but he was limited. For Javante Williams? Yeah. Okay, well, they got a running back issue there in Denver then, both first and second string have it. And then, uh, moving on to this next game, uh, the Felton's and the 49ers. The Felton's at 6-7, and seven, uh, trying to stay in that playoff uh, hunt. And uh, 49ers 7 and 6. San Francisco has lost 8 of the last 11 home games at Levi Stadium. That's, that's unbelievable. That's, yeah, for some reason in the league this year, it's just like Arizona's undefeated 7 and 0 on the road this year. Did you know that? Yeah, oh, maybe that's the one I was thinking of, not the 49ers. I think it was the Cardinals that I was thinking about, actually, yeah. so my bad. 
yeah, the Cardinals are undefeated on the road and having a tough time at home. But I, I was honestly thinking about doing my upset with this game, but I'm going to take Atlanta in the points. They're they're a nine point dog. I I don't see it being that wide of a margin. Do you? No, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a close game. I I believe. I mean, San Francisco's m- missing Elijah. Mitchell, they're running back from Ole Miss. They're missing a receiver, but they do. They're going to run Jeff Wilson at the number one back. So he's more of a predominant hard runner between the tackles. He's not like Elijah who runs on the edges. I like to see how they transform the running attack if they're going to do Jeff Wilson as their number one back horse. So, uh, Looks like the Swiss Army nice penciled in at the starting running back, uh, Cordero Patterson. Uh, still no sign of Calvin Ridley. But my boy Kyle Pitts, number eight, will be starting at the tight end position. Like I said, Vegas has the game. San Francisco favorites by nine. Good weather. And the over-under about 45.5 points, so roughly six touchdowns. Uh, we'll see what happens, I guess. Like I said, I would take the points in Atlanta on this game. Uh, next game is uh, upset alert. Upset uh, alert. JJ Uh-oh. is taking Wee. the Ravens Wee. against the Packers. Hello? Did you hear <laughs> what I just said? I'm taking the Ravens. They're going to beat the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but I just uh, found you out. made that pick. Yeah, you made that pick without knowing that Lamar is probably going to be out. But DJ, did you see the game last week when Hundley came in? Yeah, he was he was definitely outstanding. So I, I you know, I I think uh, he should he should do it with uh, Tyler Huntley. And uh, I'm looking at my fantasy here and. Uh, Lamar Jackson actually has a questionable tag and not out. Um, so there's still kind of hope for you with Lamar, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, did you see the note on the, on the Ravens at home? Yeah, five and one at home this season, uh, three and four on the road. So, uh, they're in Baltimore, right? Night game. Ooh. Uh, the Saint, the New Orleans Saints, six and seven against Tom Brady and the Bucks, ten and three. Uh, I mean, what, what else did he say? It, Tom Brady's gonna take it, uh, especially with the Saints. Uh, with, I mean, they got Taysom Hill. He's kind of, uh, I don't know. He he didn't do a bunch of stuff, but I don't, I don't think he's gonna have enough to beat beat the goat here. Uh, I. This is my second pick of the week. Um, our lock was Carolina, our Arizona Cardinals. Upset pick was the Baltimore Ravens, and my second winning pick will be the Tampa Bay Bucks, favored by eleven, and it looks like seventy-two and sunny when the game's played, which will transition, of course, into a, a nice night, moon, whatever you want to say. <laughs> I wish it was 72 and sunny here. Oh, gosh, DJ. This week <laughs> has been so bad on my body and my back. and Just uh, 
change from 50, dang near 50 degrees to negative degrees. Yeah. That's hard on a guy's body and, and it gives a guy a headache. That's Minnesota for you. <laughs> yeah, why do we live here again? <laughs> I I ask that question a lot, actually. Yeah, uh, me too. In my older age, I'm trying to figure out where to lay a, lay some uh, log cabin or something. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then this next game, uh, it was uh, rescheduled. It was supposed to be on Saturday. Um, it's going to be on Monday earlier. Uh, it says it's at four o'clock. Uh, this is, uh, my upset of the week. I have, uh, the six and seven Raiders beating the seven and six Browns. Um, it, the, like I said before, the Browns have, uh, some guys in COVID on the COVID list, but, uh, since it is rescheduled, um, I see, um, I can definitely see Baker Mayfield. Uh, playing this game and uh, Kevin Stefanski back on the sideline. So um, it's definitely um, upset material with uh, Baker back in there and uh, their coach on the sideline. So, um, yeah, I'm taking the, their car and the Raiders to be uh, Baker and the Browns. I, too, uh, have taken the Raiders. I'm going to go like John Madden. You would always say the Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> so, easy pick on that one. Yeah, and then we move on to the, the actual uh, Monday night game. Um, we're going to try and uh, not spend so much time uh, talking about our Vikings here, but uh, uh, the 6-7 the and seven Vikings against the 4-9 Bears. Um, Chicago has won five of the last six games against Vikings. Um, I do have a note uh, about this game uh, yesterday. So Thursday, Mike Zimmer said that he is hopeful that wide receiver Adam Thielen will dress and play on Monday in Chicago. Um, I think it would definitely uh, be very nice to uh, get Adam back and uh, take some pressure off of Justin Jefferson so that they can uh, kind of not make it so predictable in the, the passing game. So uh, it, it'd be nice to see one nine back out there on the field. I agree, DJ. We need the AT-19 back on the field. Um, it's only going to strengthen our passing game. He's a good receiver and lots of touchdowns come on the field when t out there. But did you hear that three coach, assistant coaches, uh, the OC, the DC, and the special teams coordinator are all on the COVID list? Yeah, and uh, I think I heard today that uh, the 17 players or 17 total people on, on the Bears were in the COVID protocol. Yeah, DJ, I think you got the number right overall. I think it's 13 players and four personnel coaches. Yeah, that that's that's crazy. If uh, they're gonna have that many people uh, not there for Monday night game, uh, so I guess uh, we'll see. And uh, it is prime time. The the lights are bright, and we know Kirk Cousins isn't very good with those bright lights. Um, 
I don't know. Maybe he he can't see very well with the the bright lights. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know last year he got a, a prime time win against the Bears when he needed it, and I just think the the team should be motivated with an eleven day break. They should have had a, when you got that much time off between games. You think you got enough rest? You have a, the game plan put in by Thursday. I mean, I don't know. I I see them winning. They're favored by three and a half, but they're there's it's going to be thirty three and windy in Chicago as usual. To windy city. There you go, and they're going to be without Allen Robinson, Hakeem Nix, just to name a couple big names that aren't going to be playing. So, uh, it seems like Fields has a real good connection with Darnell Mooney. And David Montgomery lit us up last year for 147 yards and two touchdowns on Monday Night Football. So we need to limit the run game and double cover Mooney, and uh, we should have good luck. I got the Vikings by at least six. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, obviously, I, I would love to see the Vikings win, um, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put too much on. Uh, on who I think is going to win because, you know, it it's the Vikings. We all know what happens. So <clears throat> I definitely think if we lose to the Bears here, uh, it kind of shoots our playoff sh- uh, shots uh, down the drain. So, um, well, our updated percentage, DJ, is we're at a 33% chance shot right now. At six and seven, if we lose, <laughs> we can only afford to lose one game, in my opinion, over the next four games. And I hope it ain't the Bears. Yeah, because we gotta go. We gotta play the Rams, one of the hottest teams at home, and we don't know if OBJ is going to be able to play or not because of the the COVID thing. And then we go to Lambeau Field in January where, you know, the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, how mm-hmm. cold it could be there. And then come back and play the Bears at U.S. Bank Stadium. If it comes down to the Bears again, how bad a luck have we had in the last 10 years playing the Bears on the last game of the year for something big? Exactly. I was just I was just thinking that it when, when the last game counts, and if it's in uh, win or winning you're in, I, it's always against the Bears. I've noticed that it, and we don't have luck with it. We, uh, well, yeah, yeah. When I saw the when I saw the schedule in the beginning of the the season before the season started, and I saw that last game being Chicago, I my mind instantly went to that. Even before the season even started, dude. <laughs> yeah, isn't it funny how our Minnesota minds think? Yeah, it because we've just, we've been abused by the Vikings. We bleed purple. We respectfully cheer them on when we watch them. We get heart attacks. We get gray hair. We get really drunk. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but they just just want. I, I I don't know what coach it was. I think it was Hank Stram. That always said, one time, guys, one time. We're going to have one time. One time we're going to do this. One time. And I, you can't say that. It has been right. my whole lifetime. I've never been able to say we did it one time. Yeah. 
I think that's a, a, the model for a lot of Vikings fans. At least one before I die. Come on. <laughs> and with you, just remember looking into the Vikings history as a fan. And I've done it recently. The seventies Vikings. You know how much fun that must have been with Purple People Eaters, Ahmad Rashad, Chuck Foreman. Yeah, uh, but then going to the Super Bowl four times and losing all four of them. That's the curse. <laughs> And now we can't even get to a Super Bowl. Yeah, and our the one time where we were close, well, twice, uh, well, the Saints cheated and uh-huh. cheated us out of a Super Bowl. And then uh, our backup quarterback, Chase Keenum at the time, took us all the way to the championship game and lost to the frickin' Eagles. And that was supposed to be a home Super Bowl for the Minnesota Vikings. That Oh, God, that would have been sweet. There was a lot of people that went to that. Just like we were talking about earlier with the Las Vegas stuff, the the Minnesota people did a really good job putting on a party for the, the whole week. In Philly or during no, the Super Bowl? During the Super Bowl. Oh. Yeah, for that, that uh, championship game in Philadelphia, yeah. Uh, my one of my buddies I went to college with, he drove all the way there. To go to that game. Get out of here, really? Yeah, he drove all the way from from Minneapolis to, to Philadelphia to, to go to that game. I heard there was a lot of violence there. If you had a purple jersey on, they were throwing shit at you the whole game. Yeah, that I, I don't know if he was wearing a jersey or not, but, I mean, he's he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's definitely not uh, a guy you want to mess with. He's, once you piss him off, you... <laughs> You just, you don't want to mess with him. He he's yeah. he's a pretty skinny guy, but he's one of those people. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we got two games left here. Uh, I, I think we're over an hour here, so we'll we'll get get rolling here. Uh, the next game, uh, the there's two Tuesday games. That's gonna be a little weird to have football on a Tuesday. Um, and it looks like. They're both playing at the same time. It shows that they're both at 6 o'clock. That's odd. Yeah, they're <laughs> both on Fox, and they're both 6 o'clock, so I don't know what one, which one we'll get yet, but I hope we Unless get to watch that's a the typo. Se- I hope we get to watch the Seahawks-Rams. Yeah. Um, the Rams have been really good lately, uh, but like I said in the last episode, Keep an eye on those Seahawks. They're 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 slowly coming. They're they're creeping. So don't don't uh, bat an eye on those the, them guys. Uh, so I mean I feel like the Rams are going to take it, but man, don't sleep on the Seahawks. They're 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 creeping up slowly but surely. Um, but yeah, like I said, Cooper Cup and Stafford and. Um, we don't know if OBJ will play. I, I feel like it's going to be enough time for him to to get out of uh, the COVID list. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, I I I see the Rams taking it. But I, you know, you never know with Russell Wilson. And you know, I think you said earlier Lockett had COVID. Uh, yep. That might that might be enough time for him to come back uh, since it's a Tuesday game. So just I guess we'll see how. How it plays out with those players and see 
ultimately who's going to be playing. Well, Higby, their tight end, is out with COVID. I don't know if the Rams have access to Odell Beckham Jr. and Higby, their tight end. Uh, I got to give a heavy favor to the Rams offense. But if both teams are without uh, uh, Lockett and OBJ and, of course, the tight end on the Rams, I think it's a even game and would be one of those games where it comes down to the last team that has the ball and kick the field goal to win. I would definitely give Seattle uh, props to play a good game, but I'm going to go with the Rams here and make them 10 and f- ten and 4. Yeah. And then uh, moving on to the, the next Tuesday game, which is uh, the, the last game of the week. Um, it's one of those ones that were rescheduled. Uh, these teams are both six and seven. You got the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I don't exactly know what's going on with Washington's quarterbacks. Um, Taylor Heineke, um, I think is an injury. I don't know what's going on with Kyle Allen. Is that COVID or is that an injury? I think it's COVID in the quarterback room because Taylor Heineke got COVID too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I did. I did see that today. So uh, I don't know if uh, the injury Heineke got in the last game if that's going to keep him out as well. But um, I do feel like uh, if it's COVID keeping him out, he'll he'll have enough time to come back by Tuesday if he's feeling fine and. Um, if it's that injury that's keeping him out, I, I think Kyle Allen will, will be able to go. Um, so if it's either Taylor Heineke or Kyle Allen, I, <sighs> well, like we talked about earlier before the show, DJ, uh, Garrett Gilbert, the old backup quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys has been signed as of Thursday. So he would be the four string quarterback ready to go if these other guys can't get it. To, that's the funny thing about the league. If it's a false positive, you still need two two tests to be eligible to return from the COVID list. Isn't that how it works, DJ? Uh, that's the last thing I've heard of what has to happen. So, yeah. So I I, I guess stay tuned. Uh, to your sports center, NFL network, online at ESPN, uh, High Hope Sportscast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check it out. We'll probably be putting some updates for the Tuesday games. Doesn't that sound weird, DJ? <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was going to say, I, I want to, I want to pick the football team here, but, uh, because I, as a Vikings fan, uh, we don't like the Eagles very much, but, no. uh, with, with how, with how Washington played, uh, last game, barring, you know, the, the injuries, uh, I, my gut tells me the Eagles are going to win. Yeah, my gut does too, and so does Vegas's gut. Vegas, <laughs> Vegas has them as a seven point favorite, so. There's something we don't know yet behind the scenes why Vegas is given that much of a differential. But I have to say it's because of the quarterback room being all out for COVID. It's the same thing that's going on in Cleveland, dude. 
Baker Mayfield made a stink about having to play with, with no quarterback, and the league made the adjustment for him and sent his game from Saturday to Monday. Now, the, one of the two are going to be able to play, Keenum or Baker. I'm sure it'll be Baker. I, I'm sure it will be, too. You know, so I don't know. It's just like a lot of fantasy guys I follow on YouTube and on online, they, they just said be be prepared for a crazy weekend of football especially Tuesday and Saturday and Monday and Sunday. Which basically, <laughs> yeah, which basically reverts to tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So it's going to be fun for the next four days. Uh, I got the Timberwolves on right now. They're playing the Lakers, and they ended the first quarter up 23-16 to over LeBron. Yeah, I just got the notification too on the I on thought the I heard store. something buzz in. Yeah, I did notifications for every quarter, so <laughs> Oh that's cool. Yeah, what a surprise the T Wolves have been this year. Yeah, let's hopefully keep it going. Yeah, well this is Minnesota. We know what to say about all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh this is where we end the episode here. Um I know with uh, the two Tuesday games, uh, that is actually our recording day. Um, I think we're going to stick to that. Uh, we will just cover those two uh, Tuesday games in our next episode, um, which will come out um, on Wednesday morning. Um, so and make sure you go uh, check out our previous episodes if you haven't yet. Uh, they are available on Apple Podcast app. Spotify, Anchor, Overcast, and Podcast. Uh, and also, go give our Facebook page and Instagram a like and uh, follow it. And uh, we do have a Twitter now. Um, our Twitter handle is at uh, HSportsCast. Uh, the H and S are both capitalized. Uh, so go uh, give our Twitter a follow as well. And uh, like I said before, uh, if you'd like to donate to the show, uh, hit that support button. Uh, it you never know, it could uh, bring us to uh, Vegas for the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and and then uh, Wednesday we'll recap the, the all the games and uh, go over our picks and see if I can catch up with JJ uh, in the picks. Uh, and then we will cover the, the next Thursday night game, which is uh, San Francisco and Tennessee. Tennessee. Um, yeah. So uh, thanks for listening to High Hope Sportscast, and we'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Peace.